Yo, this is Miles Cook, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. It Why? is. Uh, okay. I'm glad we're doing this to revive the bad movie battle. Bad movie battle part after two. an absolute walloping you got at the hands of me in the last one, to the point where I gave away Harlem Knights, just gave up a point in the bonus episodes. Yeah, sure, sure. Because we were we weren't going to do this again. What are we talking about? What are we going to do again? What movie is this? Uh, is we're my, doing My Baby's Daddy. My Baby's Daddy. My we're Baby's really Daddy, yeah. Talk about it? Yeah, oh, yeah. You watched it. I watched it. We're we're doing this. Look, it's my pick. I got first pick this round, which I know sometimes it's winner gets first pick. But, like, oh, I, I can see that I lost on points I don't know if I in the season. This. I lost on points last season. But I think I won. Wait, on whoa, picks. whoa, 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 whoa! So I feel whoa, pretty good about whoa, having whoa, first. Whoa, whoa. So I feel Don't pretty good about having first pick. I lost on points, I but I, really I won about... on blank. It doesn't matter what yeah, you fill that picks, blank in. Why... It's still lost. I, I don't want picks, this reframed. I crushed. Which is you. why I think I'm I'm well suited to do the first pick of this one. You did the first pick last time. I do first pick this time. I can say with confidence, uh, unlike your first pick, uh, this movie uh, was not Tremors. What was the plot of this movie? Sandworms? We'll be right back. I'm thrilled to introduce our guest for today's show. Uh, Joining us now is Miles Cook. The Brooklyn-based rapper slash producer is associated with the Karma Kids hip-hop collective, through which he recently released his debut, I Used to Feel Things. You can check that record out on Bandcamp or wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the show. What's up? <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad to hear that, given the uh, the film that you, uh, you had to watch may not necessarily have been high- on your uh, wish list of pictures. I imagine you had not seen this before. I definitely hadn't. I seen. I, I looked at the cover and I was like, how bad could it be? But um, best laid plans of mice and men, I guess. <laughs> That's a great yeah. question. Can, can we start with that question? Sure, go right how ahead. Bad, how bad could this movie be? I mean, we're, we're talking about a, a member of The Sopranos. Some would say one of the more electric actors on The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Anthony Anderson, who had a wild and long career and has been on sure. genre-defining television shows. And Eddie Griffin, who, while maybe having a spotty reputation with the movies, is still a pretty funny dude. Don't forget there's a John Amos is also mm. in here. He's like a legend, you know, like coming to Absolutely. America. So... <laughs> so. In my notes, my comments about John Amos as Uncle Vinny, he is mostly wasted here. Mostly he just goes around grumbling at these losers he's got living in his house. You know, beyond that kind of decent speech he gives towards the end, where suddenly there's the first character in this film that has any sense of actual humanity, is him in that moment just being like, you know. Get your shit together. Do something with yeah. your lives. <laughs> be, be men, grow up. He has you know? the funniest line in the film which was kind of a throwaway as he's like walking away from that speech. And he says, or you'll end up living with, what was it? Living with your, with your nephew and his two broke ass friends. I was like, man, he's the only one that will step up to the plate and say what is real about this film. One thing I did notice is some of the um, funniest lines in this film. And I use that as loosely as I possibly can, because right. this is a comedy without jokes. So much of that is 80 yard later, which is 
either something in the editing, and we'll certainly talk about the editing on this film, or it is a reflection of they sent people in and said, here, read some jokes because this movie isn't funny. I feel like we have to backpedal a little bit because we, we jumped right in, but I was like, let's talk about like how loose the narrative is. So like within the first five minutes in the movie, I was like, I felt like I was having a fever dream. Just like the hard cuts, like not knowing what's going on. So they start, to, I, like I went back and like skimmed a little bit because I was like, mm. I want to make sure I'm not going crazy. It was like that narration in the beginning set us up for anything that was to be expected to happen in this film? And the answer was no. Like, absolutely not. Not. <laughs> not at all. The only thing we learn from the animated opening, oh. the only thing we learn is that they're yeah. friends. Not how they became friends. And like how long they've friends. been friends. Yeah. They just, and they're one the of friends. them is like in love with a woman who doesn't love him back. That's it. That's all they tell you. That's it. That There's a whole bunch of information. They go to the movies a lot. They did this they did that like there were all kinds of things they did that you're like all right cool i've made a note of all these things never came up again none of it matters not once <laughs> like watching in the very beginning the animated sequence i got excited because like you start thinking like oh this is baby's kids like i'm about to I see had something the same thought <laughs> i'm like all right i'm excited I'm, I'm interested this is gonna be something i'm gonna want i would have given double the money i paid to see this twice on youtube <laughs> For an appearance by Robin Harris, please. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyone from Bay Bay's Kids would have made this better. I would just be happy to see Eddie Griffin's version of Bay Bay's Kids. Yeah, I like. That I got be hyped because it had like the Bob James sample in the beginning with the mm -hmm. break. You know, I was like, oh, we've got like Bay 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 Bay's Kids energy coming in, and then like it kind of starts. You're like, all right, like you know, I don't know exactly why we're at this house party, but like. It's maybe something good is going to come out of this movie. And then your hopes and dreams are quickly burned, <laughs> just dashed. The like, thing oh, is, yeah. we don't even really need them to introduce them as having been friends since they were kids because they bring it up a lot. It throughout well, like, the film, I want to know how the they fact, became well, we friends. friends since we were kids. And I'm like, then why did you even introduce us to them as cartoons? <laughs> they why? give you no explanation for why they're living together, though, which like if. Normally I could let rescind some of that, but like, I feel like that's such an integral part of the story because they're in that house and they're spending yes. time together. It's like, but why, how did they get there? I think it's so important to keep in mind the way this is set up is there's no way in hell that animated sequence existed until after they filmed the movie. <laughs> right. There's no way in hell that that was but a like, planned But like, who was thing. the person that At handed some point, them a someone's note? Like, someone's like, you know what we need? We need to explain how you guys are friends. Who is the person that handed them a note that said, I don't think it's clear that these guys have been friends since they were kids. <laughs> and did they watch the movie? It was probably Harvey. This is a Harvey. Yeah, they, I, I get, I, I, now that you mentioned it, it's like they definitely retroactively put that intro in because like what, I mean, it doesn't help, but like oh, wow. it makes way more sense that it was an afterthought. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Otherwise, where does that film start? Like, where does that film start otherwise? Mm. It starts the house party where you meet a handful of guys who know each other and, well, two out of three, they're girlfriends, um, but people who they hook up with. And that that's what you get. Yeah, that would be the intro of a movie, which is not a Yeah, movie. we went from straight from children to, like, banging their their mates. Yeah, that's, which that was not a movie. lot of... Because it wasn't like we got a shit things. ton of the party, per se. No, and when we first movie. see Anthony Anderson as G, when we first meet G, yeah. he's talking to some other woman. Right. And then Bai Ling comes up behind him, which, can we just stop for a moment and just recognize that Bai Ling is in this movie? Can we just accept that this is actually we, something that happened? This is somebody I don't know who if I have in, Do I have to accept it? or do You might I, have to accept it. She yeah, had been in so many movies before this. So many movies before this. This and cast is insane. It's an insane cast for how awful it is. So, like, also within the first five minutes, I was like, is this uh, basically, it's like uh, an episode of Sopranos mixed with Rush Hour on, like, acid. Basically, like, it's just like, because it's, you don't get to, it's the performance from, uh, what is it? It's Mike, Michael Imperioli, I think his mm -hmm. name is, Christopher yep. Maltesanti on The Sopranos. His, like it's just you the can same call him Christopher. guy. I don't, we don't care. We're not like. Yeah, yeah. I'll just call him Chris. Just call him Chris. <laughs> Everyone will know him as Chris. Chris from The Sopranos. Chris. Right. All white so. people look like anyway. Just call him whatever you want. I'm John. <laughs> I don't give a shit. His, his name's but fucking it's just, John. It's John. His, his performance is like 
plucked right out of an episode of The Sopranos, even down to like the crossover with him like being involved in music because that was in yeah. one of the seasons too. So I was picking up on that heavy, and then just like the humor is also like um, they're leaning in heavy on the black and Asian jokes. So it's like, yeah, this feel like. But they're not. It's not better than Rush Hour by any stretch of the imagination. I even feel bad uh, mentioning Rush Hour in the same breath of this movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie is this movie is let's just accept it. This is a composite of better movies. It's three men and a baby. It's um, three babies. Three men and three babies. Three men and a little three baby babies. as well. Three men, and three babies. That 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 rolls off the tongue. It is Rush Hour. It is. Eddie Griffin's stand-up act. There's no original idea in this film whatsoever. From the, and you can only really know that from by getting jump. through it and oh, realizing yeah. that, like, even the premise, even this, even the most novel idea of three men have set who live with each other have sex with three different women at the same night, same time, and they all get pregnant, and then they all have the babies at the exact same time. Now, that this was an M Night Shyamalan movie. We would be watching something extraordinary about to unfold. We would be watching like that. These are these three babies are the heroes of humanity. They're Maybe he based the his films world. off of this. I think they'd be giving him a lot of credit, and certainly could <laughs> be based off of this shit. I think that's a that is that is stoner uh, talk right there. I yeah. even feel like the like so even inc- the inclusion of the babies in this movie feels like an after afterthought. Like there's, they don't add anything to the story whatsoever. No. It's just like they, you know, like they crawl out of the the like what do you call them, car seats or whatever, yeah. and at the party, and then they're on a couch, and then they like they find them, and then that's it. There's like there's no, there's nothing really happens. They just move from one location to to another, and then that somehow is supposed to progress the story along. What's that the word, was... Jeff? What's the word? What what word? Stakes. This movie oh, has no, no stakes. stakes. There's none. <laughs> Listen, that scene is so wildly infuriating because there's there's a real chance, a real chance. And this this goes into my three least favorite part, my my three least favorite things about this movie. They have a real chance at stakes there. If these guys somehow lose the kids or it gets back to the women that they've lo- lost the kids for a short amount of time to have a party or something, yeah. if they get caught in any small way, we have a chance for stakes in this film. Yeah. Instead, they may as well have just animated that part too, because it was a cartoon out of nowhere. Losing your children is a cartoon. It is so asinine. Also, just like them navigating through the party, no one saw three different Nobody. babies no. crawling. No consequences throughout. whatsoever it's for like, anything. It's like happen. even in like you know, I watch sci-fi movies, so I like I'm willing to suspend disbelief a lot. Mm. But babies crawling through a party and no one notices them. No, it's just I can't. I I couldn't. I couldn't take it. I wanted to burn down that house with all the people in it, <laughs> babies included. When when they came out and they were like, oh, the babies are fine. Everything's fine. Next scene. Thanks for hanging and like being worried at all about these characters. But yeah, you just don't need next, to worry. Nothing. It's just next. the next morning. It's just the next morning in the next scene. Now like, here's no, the next 43 no minutes of this film. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing happens in those moments. No, it's just nothing. a series of scenes that you're subjected to. That's That's the movie. That's the whole movie. A series of scenes we've been subjected to. Moldesanti's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Progress from missing the baby's birth or whatever he did at the beginning, which he didn't. Yeah. He was there on time or something. Yeah, he was there for a first. But he was, he there, was there for, for he was there later than they would have liked yes. to full blown having to give a speech to be a part of his daughter's life, which is my number one least favorite thing in the film is his speech yeah. to win back his family is unhinged lunacy. It's total garbage. You know what I mean? Like, I want to <laughs> be look, there. I think, I think I want to be there to like give my kids cereal or whatever on their first day of school. First and foremost, you don't even live at the same house as them. Mm. When are you going to be there? You're just going to go every morning. You're going to wake up and you're going to go to their house every morning. He's also living with three other grown men. Dudes. <laughs> It's just a big dude house. As I've tried to look through this, as I've tried to understand this and ask mm. questions like, 
what is the plot of this movie which is a question that what is the, been I want, we're gonna have to days. ask that at some point we will eventually get that point okay. but it's like these guys are basically allowed to coast for six months as dads and still get to live in their shitty bachelor pad instead of stepping up and moving in with their girlfriends or literally doing anything there's a scene where they're holding their children and eddie griffin is like hey man it looks like you guys have never held your children before and they're like we haven't <laughs> Six months. That's supposed to be six months. Six months they lives. haven't. Like two of them like, haven't even picked the child up. Again, suspension of disbelief. Again, I mean, you know, I, right. I actually do believe in aliens before I believe in these these behaviors. I believe in aliens more so than I believe that any of these women would have put up with these guys not being in the kids' lives in the first six months. I refuse because these guys don't have real jobs. Yeah, G works in the grocery store that his you know girlfriend's uh, dad it's, owns. It's bodega ish. But they got that Peking duck cheesesteak, which is one of the few right. laughs of the movie is Peking duck cheesesteak. And then I do. The I want out. one. Oh, God. I a... just, I'm just remembering, like, we didn't mention Method Man is in this movie. movie oh, we, we're going like... to mention Method Man. We can start mentioning him right now. Actually, you know what? The hell we're talking about how bad this is. Let's talk about Method Man. Go. Let's talk. Go, Miles. Go. Hit me. I just, like, I just came out of complete left field, like what like just in like <laughs> quite literally because he climbs through a window for yeah. his intro to the movie so so unexpected to see him pop up in this movie i thought he did great for what he was asked to do and like all jokes aside yeah. it was a great was performance from him the but only just, like... shining star <laughs> in a movie filled with empty space well him and little tupac him and little tupac was the point, taken. Of it. point taken Let, tupac let's give credit but but let's focus on meth for a sec because i think part of why meth's role was as delightful and surprising as it was is that it shows he shows up so late in the narrative you forget that he was mentioned in the intro in the animated intro with g robbing the same convenience store that ultimately he ends up working in which that's not a joke that they make in the film, but that is one of the funniest things about this film right. is that that's the job. Oh, the store that I robbed candy from when we were younger. I got to yeah. work here now. Now you're, this is my boss. Like, yeah. That's just like life is just grinding you to a fucking pulp. If they, they should have emphasis, emphasized on that, that would have been something worth noting. A joke. It would have been a joke. <laughs> yes. a yeah. real, it would have been joke. funny. I've yeah. been paying them back ever since. That's a line. <laughs> Do you think that a script... That was punched up by the co-screenwriters of National Lampoon's Van Wilder would have figured that out. I haven't seen Van Wilder in a while. Is does that have funny jokes in it? No, that's terrible. Yeah, but it was a successful movie. Van Wilder was. was a successful movie, catapulted Ryan Reynolds uh, to uh, bigger and better things. There was somebody else in that. Also, worse things. Really big later. But it's like that's. I'll but pay. that was it. But the thing is, is. When Eddie Griffin and Coke Daniels wrote this movie, yeah. they had to call in these two schmucks to come in and what punch did they up the contribute? Script. Well, they contributed something, but enough to get that second billing. Coke Daniels and Eddie Griffin getting top billing for screenwriting right. with David Wagner and Brent Goldberg. Everyone involved should should have been ashamed to put their name on this. Yeah. Quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, I think they were called in because this Man. film needed help. But yeah, but Method Man, look, he was Man, he was funny. The 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 bit where he was ironing grilled cheeses, I want one. Yeah. I want one right now, anytime, any place. Also, like a slight slight nod to Wu Tang when he's like Ling Ling Bong Bong, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. They snuck that in there. I was like, well done, well done. Like they let him ad lib. They let him ad lib for like a moment. Like good, he's actually one of the funny people. Let him ad lib. I think I think he's easily the best part of the movie. Not even close. Keep in mind, like this is a couple years, not that many, but a couple years after How High. So he has proven that he could carry a movie, that he could actually carry an entire comedy. Yeah. What year did this come out? This is two thousand four, yeah. and okay. How High was two thousand one. So yeah. we're talking about not a lot of years between them. This is somebody who knows what they're doing, and right. he is so underutilized in this movie that it's embarrassing that when we get to the very end, when they start to do the like animal house style ending where you find out what happened to everyone. It's so you know, long. They do that ending. And then it's like, there's this whole segment of his cooking show of yes. no goods cooking show. Yes. Um, I would have watched that. I would have watched the In cooking show. That was more entertaining. 
And it wasn't even a good gag. It was just like, and I know Raekwon's a chef, but I would watch Matt's cooking show. No <laughs> I would. I still totally. Would. It anything to get him on the screen more for this film. They waited way too late to introduce him, and then, you know, we also had to resolve the non-issues that were happening. Everybody had to grow up, I guess. But yeah, well, like it, the growing up stuff is just nonsense. It's like I don't like it, it. Took that party where they almost lost the kids, where that's the realization moment. Not where like the rest of their lives are terrible. Their partners don't respect them. They are generally they're framing this as because they show you the first thing is the house party that these guys are party dudes. These guys are bachelors. It's like right. two of you are in committed relationships. Right. Yeah. They start the movie with them being irresponsible. Yeah. Um. And then like. It takes like kind of having like losing your kids to what I mean, and even then it was like they barely got their shit together. Like, yeah, like at the end, the, the the way they demonstrate they got their shit together is that they are now all together, the three guys with their kids in you know baby Bjorns or wherever, and they're rolling down the street with them. That's being a father. After all, oh, this, yeah, this is yeah. your definition of being a father is this. Is something you shot for the trailer. Something this you shot for the trailer. from a ridiculous case of dudes bad. It's the thing that I call when you just like have dudes in a movie, but you don't you don't really know how to make them look bad. It's like I just make them shitty fathers. <laughs> dudes bad. Everyone will believe it. Or they're just they're not they're just doing nothing. Like right. it's, it's like this would be fine behavior if you're in your twenties, but they just they age them and then are they okay? Built a movie around this brings that. up a great question. Uh-huh. How old are these guys? Yes. Right. How old are these characters? Tell me. Tell. Give me. Shoot me an age right now. It's a great. It's a I great question. You have no idea. There's, they there's, all there's, look thirty-five. Yeah. There's they no all way were thirty-five, but they're yeah. like living twenty-two-year-old lives, and like nothing. There's no consequences to anything. I don't understand. How old are these guys? Oh god, we got to backpedal again. So like the love story between <laughs> Eddie Griffin's character and like um, uh what, what was it? Brandy, I think her name is in the movie or something the, like that. Oh, the the, from the, my, the uh, from the Mommy class. and Me class. Right, yeah. right. Brandy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like Man. just like even what happened there? Like what? Okay. <laughs> So what are we doing? About, I want to talk about that part of the plot because we're going to get Please. to the question: What is the plot of this movie? Okay. But there are several stories so, that sort that's of part of the. Play that, out. Are you suggesting that that is part of the plot? Okay. <laughs> I say that? What I want to know is all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Here, let me you frame said, it like this. Okay, please. I, just, I want to be clear here. I do too, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to get there. I'm almost guaranteeing you we're not going to get to clear on this. There's no clarity whatsoever. Not on this. The way I understand it is Eddie Griffin, who is supposed to be a nerd who is like head over heels in love with uh, Roe. That's what we know about him coming in is that he wanted to be an inventor, but instead is just like in a bad relationship. That's all we know about. Yes. He decides he needs to hit on a woman and dresses up like a pimp and acts like a pimp and that makes her mad and then they're fine it just makes sense to get together and she's all over that was all yeah that's exactly how that played out somewhere in there two babies two babies grow teeth and start talking about him smashing her like having sex with her that's a real thing yeah. that happened in the film. That scene is unhinged. That scene made me uncomfortable, actually. If I'm being perfectly Same. honest, that scene made me uncomfortable. Like, they were like, hell yeah, man, you gotta tap <laughs> yeah. that ass. And I'm like, yeah. why? I was sucking on those nipples earlier. I'm like, bro, yeah. you got But that's baby not things. sexual at all. <laughs> you are babies with teeth all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, it's crazy that they did that. It's like if you'd ever wanted to see the porn parody of Look Who's Talking or Look Who's Talking To, there you go. This is a porn parody of a movie that was never made. That's how I would describe this film to someone. It's a pornographic parody of something that never got made. No, it's a pornographic parody of seven better films, which is very much in line with, say, like what Eddie Griffin and Anthony Anderson did in the scary movie franchises. Mm. You might have uh, just got yourself on a list with saying 
porn parody of Look Who's Talking To. <laughs> not not a, like a, a, a sentence I'd ever think I'd hear uttered. Yes, well, I mean, look, I'm sure there's a watch list that I'm on already for all sorts of stuff. I'm on the run as we speak. Like yeah, why do you think he's behind a blank white wall right now? Oh, uh, yeah, nothing signified location. But the baby said those things. Like, we yeah. all listened to this. The babies basically were encouraging him to fucking rail this woman in front of them what prompts that what makes that happen if they had this power all along i guess it does make the like they ended up on a couch outside and they were fine thing oh no they tried to they tried to uh write it off with like he because he like jumps out of the chair and he goes oh i think i had too much to drink i should get out of here so like they're just like he's hallucinating the baby's talking it's not really i happening. drank for 15 straight <laughs> years without really much of a break at any point wake up to midnight to 2 a.m to 5 a.m whatever never have i seen a baby with teeth talk to me while i'm macking on their their mom yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not giving them a pass for it, but I remember they did they did try to do something there where they're like, yes, this is very unhinged. We have to like kind of like downplay if you, this in if some way. If you've got to write that into the film, then just erase the page. Just be like, you know what? You're right. This is dumb. Let's not have the babies who have been in the film almost the whole time just sprout teeth and talk. Like it's a Conan O'Brien sketch. I feel compelled to point out that this is not even the only movie that came out in 2004 with Talking Babies. This is the same year as Super Babies, Baby oh, Geniuses yeah. 2, which was nominated for a Razzie. It's uh, considered to be the worst, like maybe the worst film of all time. Yeah, nominated. It was, that was that was in the Razzie's running, as was White Chicks and Catwoman. This movie didn't even get Jesus, on the Razzie's radar. 2004 is awful. It's not as bad as 2003, but it is. White Chicks is, I had nightmares about White Chicks. I couldn't <laughs> sleep for two days. I think I blacked that out from my memory. Oh, I definitely, I've watched it, but I don't want to remember seeing it. He's a boxer. No, he's but not. one of the gags no, is that he gets the just knocked out by one punch over and over and over again, and he keeps being like, "Well, I'm a boxer. I'm in training." Was that <laughs> a joke? Was that supposed to yes. be a joke? Okay. I think so. That I do think okay. was actually meant That's to be a, a joke. Is the idea that he is this glass jaw who keeps getting knocked out? Right. So I can only remember two times. I think there were three, three. though. So. Right in the beginning of the movie, when Eddie Griffin uh, he him. finds that uh, his wife announces she's pregnant, right. uh, he gets knocked out, and then then his wife knocks him out again when he's right. like she introduces violence into their home in front of the child. <laughs> yes. yes, and there's zero consequences for her either. She just <laughs> yeah. gets to have a family. That's how yeah. that works. Yeah, we yes. skated right over the domestic violence in this movie. Went, it happens very his, casually. His like, father-in-law brought like, him outside we, and was like, let's smoke a joint, and I'll tell you about the time that I got yes. shit kicked out of me by my wife. And he knows, too. He's like, buddy-buddy with him about it. He's like, yo, how'd you get that black eye? I know it wasn't for boxing. Yeah. <laughs> Does my daughter beat the shit out of you? Oh, yes. God. It's so terrible. Just smoke oh, this uh, joint. And then it's Eddie Griffin good. knocks him out in the yard. It was so slap boxing and he just pops him. Oh yeah. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So it does happen three times in the yeah. movie. And then also at the very end at the uh the martial arts studio, he gets kicked in the nuts by a child in classes. Right. And like can't handle it. He just says, Can't handle it. Like this is up. I mean, like, even then he's like he can't handle Between can't that handle and his like child. heart jokes, he really had a, a monumental run through this film. Lil Tupac punks him in the movie too. Oh. And then he like, try, which I loved. I actually loved that part. Lil Tupac <laughs> is, is a gift to the screen when there. Especially at the very end uh, with his uh, original song, Baby Mama Drama and Man. music video. A, a, a song about the film, which is a, yes. a rarity by 2004. You don't see that very often. Mm. You do not yeah. see people writing a song about the film. I'm oh, sorry. Do we have Will Smith to thank for that? Did he pioneer the like 
I mean, no. I would say, okay, sorry, I would that's say, a ridiculous uh, statement. <laughs> now, even if you want to put it in the hip hop context, I'm gonna say probably Kid and Play get it first. Mm. Class act, Duh. work that body, work that body. We watched that. I last watched season. that like a Class year or two fantastic. ago. I'm surprised it just like escaped my memory. But Will Smith obviously like triumphing in terms of like name and popularity and amount of times he's done it. It was a, a very popular <laughs> thing to do in the 80s. And I think yeah. one of the last films I remember seeing it happen, I want to say Turner and Hooch, but mm. I know that Fletch does it. Fletch has multiple oh, yeah, songs yeah. about Fletch in it, the Chevy Chase Fletch. Right. And that's like late in the game for it. It happened but a lot something in like, I'm like, a, like you got to think about it like in the context of these things is like, you know, when Will Smith did it, it's like, that's like the peak moment of it. Like Men in Black is a Wall- song about the about movie Men in Black. Black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild 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 West, West <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is yeah, a yeah. song about Wild Wild West. I think I think even like the Bad Boys soundtrack has an like an original song. Oh about- yeah, his kids' uh, Karate Kid movie, which take me to my grave if you want on this, is better than the originals. But <laughs> the Jackie Chan uh, is it Jaden? That is kid's name. Did you recently join Scientology? Or have you been a longtime member? Long time, long time. Okay. So, <laughs> Jade Smith, he does a song at the end of uh, of Karate Kid about being a Karate Kid. So he took his dad. His dad was like, "If you're going to do this, you may as well make a song in our studio." Listen, I'm, I'm not going to debate you on whether the original Karate Kid is as good as. Nor <laughs> should you. It is. Because I, like, I haven't watched them recently enough, but my. My gut tells me to push back on that. <laughs> yeah. Do as you will, but I'm I'm here. I'm going to stand behind it. I'm with it. I respect that. I appreciate you for that. <laughs> Gary doesn't want to talk about it at all. Yeah. He's, he's like, oh, my God, don't get him started, please. I mean, really, the only true Karate Kid is Hillary Swag, but that's just uh, fair enough. You know, that's between fair the enough. three of us for now. Let's not share this with the rest of the world. Your secret's safe with me. Okay. Yeah, we're not going to cut this out. You're going to put it out there. Oh, I'm going to go to everything. The beautiful part is that nobody cares about me on the internet, so I don't have to deal with it. And I quit. (laughs) There are no consequences. Can we talk about the music, please? Yeah. Just okay. So this movie when I was on this soundtrack. This movie comes out in 2004. Yeah. The rap songs we hear in this film are Run DMC's Peter Piper, right, and Salt and Pepper's Push It, plus repeat use of Scarface's My Block. On My Block. So, like, the three existing rap songs that make it prominently into the film, two of them are in the 1980s, and one is in the 2000s, right? which is great. Why, in a movie called My Baby's Daddy, why isn't Be Rockin' the Business 1997 Billboard Hot 100 charting hit single My Baby Daddy in this movie? It is a mistake. I think they probably didn't want to have anything... <laughs> to do with this film if i'm like if i'm <laughs> i don't i mean or or they couldn't afford it like do you look we're look, look at the film you just watched and think about what the budget could have been they this. couldn't afford b-rock in the biz in 2003 <laughs> i could afford b-rock in the biz in 2003 i'm gonna guarantee you this is the thing if you approach i'm not a wealthy man if, before the movie came out if you approached the three of us we had a rap song out and they approached us and said we've got a movie with michael imperioli Anthony Anderson, Eddie Griffin. They went down the whole list and they were like, we want to use your rap song for that. The three of us would be like, where do we sign? Yeah. That sounds awesome. This is going to blow up. After the movie came out, I'd be shocked if they approached them at all. But if they did, I could see them seeing the movie and be like, please remove our song from this for all future (laughs) purposes, please. Figure this out. But no, they, I mean, it's just a wild, wild missed opportunity to name your movie after that phenomenon and not use that song. And then there's a bunch of songs by Rodney Jerkins on the soundtrack. Mm. So like Rodney Jerkins, who like, you know, he's, you know, AKA Dark Child. And you'll know him from the hits he's done with Barry J. Blige, Jennifer Lopez, Destiny's Child. He did Ray J's One Wish. He did Brandy and Monica's The Boy Is Mine, like. Real deal producer, and he does nothing of substance at all with the soundtrack of this movie. All of his songs are immediately forgettable. I, I don't mean, remember you, them. You got to work with the material you're given, and there's nothing of substance in this movie to contribute to. 
Like, imagine trying to write a song. Like, if if we're going back to like, yeah, uh, the theme of the movies that have a song written about them, which in at the end of the movie they like do a good job of that. But like, if you wanted to like, outside of like, if you wanted to bring in someone that's like, let's say talent or oh my god, I'm, I want to backpedal. I'm talking shit about this kid. Oh, we got spicy. Does that kid suck? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Um. No, but like someone that you know is like uh, has a name, renown, right? Just like, right. what are you giving them to work with in this material? Yeah. So, if they could afford the producer behind the boy is mine to mm. do the soundtrack to this movie, they could afford it. Be rocking the biz. That's all I'm saying. The credits, arguably, had the best use of music because the sure. first part of the credits is Little Tupac doing his thing, mm. and the second part is that really weird pharrell snoop dog song which oh, i didn't is... make it that far you guys are crazy oh you gotta yeah, watch, watch you gotta watch credits you gotta watch credits <laughs> some of the best things happen on credits i mean if you gotta oh, talk about a movie reel yeah. in the credits in this one no because you have the music video but so, but credits but the, the credits are so comedies. long that they do the so tupac long. song the little tupac yeah. song then yeah. they do that weird i'm gonna steal your girl pharrell snoop dog songs really really bad but like mm-hmm. clubby and weird and then there's a juvenile song. Yeah, eventually you get to a juvie song. And I'm like, yo, it's what? like, why didn't you use this kind of later juvenile song in the film? You had juvenile in 2004, and you bury that. And you the, buried it as the, the third song in the credits. You paid juvenile the same amount that you paid Scarface to use that song, and you buried it behind literally anything. It was on during the like thanks list. Like, oh, thank you for like catering for us. I don't think it would have done much for the film, but I would have been happy to hear it during it. Yeah. Just, I mean, just like, why even have these songs if you're not going to use them? That's what I don't get. But I was definitely not going to uh, watch the credits after I watched that film. There's nothing, there's nothing motivating me to stick around for longer. So I'm surprised hear to hear there were even, there was more songs in the credits. Oh, honestly, like even a bad credits ending or nothing happens. It's like, just watching and seeing some ridiculous thing show up on there. Like you find about animal handlers or, or whatnot. The, somebody made a miso horny joke. Yeah. In I was the about movie, to bring this up in the movie, made the joke and that compelled Miramax to include miso horny as one of the songs from the movie. The song yeah. is never played. Never. Somebody makes a miso horny joke, which again is a sample of a movie. Right. It is Full Metal Jacket. It's not even like Two Live Crew created Me So Horny, the sample. But they credited Two Live Crew with having a song on the soundtrack. And I want to just take a moment, if I could, just to apologize to Luke Skywalker and Two Live Crew for sample snitching on where they got the, uh, the speech. Right. I know that that is not common knowledge. I apologize to them in advance. We will No we will sample snitching. This. We will correct this. We do not believe in sample snitching here. I think you could even bleep that out and post. I could. I could. I think I'm you a should. Lazy, lazy man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. We asked how old they were, and we got no answer. I so think I'm, they're. I'm ready to ask another I question. They're I think they're mid. Mid thirties. He's a boxer. What are you trying to say about people in their mid thirties? You could be a, in your mid thirties and still act like trying to like fight for. He said he was fighting for a a big shot. At what? You're not going. You're not just going to get your big shot at 35. I'm sorry to like burst everybody's bubble, but if you're hearing this and you're like 32 years old and you're like, maybe I should become a professional boxer, you're probably not going to make it. Oh, I I think his big shot could have been locally. You know, like it could have just been. I I mean, it's too vague for us to know, but I I just think it's wild that he's like, I'm getting a big shot, and we're thinking they're mid 30s. It's crazy to even like read into it because like, there's no reason to like assume anything th- that they wrote about this character had substance. But fair. I mean, it's fair. <laughs> but I, you know, if you don't dive in, then all we've said the entire time is this movie is shit. Yeah. Total garbage. You have to so explore my, all the nooks and I gotta ask the big question before we like, you know, I don't want to get to a point where we're wrapping this up without the big question. Okay. What is the plot of this movie? What is the uh, plot of this? I, Gary and I have been asking each other four or five times a day for the last week since we saw it. What is the start plot with Miles. Miles? Oh, man. Um, it's like a slice of life. It's just... If you had to write 
a couple of sentences for the like little bio that comes up when you're seeing it on cable, what would you write? Middle-aged men navigate adulthood and the trials and tribulations. Do they? <laughs> do they navigate? Do they? I just like, would you feel like you could go to sleep at night saying that to people and and misleading them is all Absolutely I'm asking. Absolutely not. Right? I, I don't think something. I could do that either. You made me go first. Like, I have to say something here. I'm no, like, no, I hear you. I hear you. I'm doing my I hear best. You. I, don't mean to, I don't mean to hurt your feelings on that. I just like, do they? I don't think they do. I, okay. I'll go, I do mean I to hurt your first. feelings a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I think uh, the caption would have to be three, three housemates. Can we call them housemates? Three housemates get women pregnant and deal with the con. They don't have consequences. You can't make a sentence about the movie because it would be declarative. You would have to declare something in this movie was worth caring about for it to be the plot. We we so can't like, do no. We can't do better than the tagline, the official tagline for this movie. Hit me. They're going from players to playtime. Are they players? They are not fucking are players. Not play- okay, Imperioli seem Imperioli seems to have a touch because at the least one. there's more than one person that's but like willing like, to what, hook up with them. And it, they um, did well, have a condom machine. This is yes, wild because they had a condom yes, machine inside condom the machine. house, but two of them, two of them were in committed relationships. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Condom machine in the house, two of them committed relationships. They're not players because they're in committed relationships. I'm not saying you can't use a condom. Condom, condom machine in the house. Yeah, they both like, got the both those people knocked up. Obviously, you weren't using it because everyone must got have been yeah, pregnant like, who that, that night. They're not players. We have to accept that the tagline is inherently false. And they don't play with these kids at any point during this movie, so playtime doesn't even count. So yeah, I like think... at every point in the movie, they're figuring out excuses to not be with their children. He's like, yeah. I gotta go box. And like they're always passing the kids off. And every mother is like, You're not active in your child's life. I'm leaving. So they there's they're not players and they didn't what have playtime. So even their tagline is bullshit. So it's a it's a fool's errand Three, okay. to try to let me try to come again. up with <laughs> So, the, so then the correct tagline is they're going from to, to uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all they they're going from uh, to uh, it's a mad lib you don't fill in. Yeah. It's a mad that's actually the tagline. That's the it's a tag mad lib line. you don't fill in. <laughs> that's it's tag. a mad lib you don't fill baby my baby's daddy, a mad lib you don't fill in. Okay. We're getting yeah, somewhere. we we got there. I no, think I if I were we if there. you were to write an honest <laughs> if you were to write an honest blurb, it would be Three housemates navigate zaniness in unfunny times. Do they? Is this film? <laughs> is this film zany? I think it's supposed to be. It's it's that's you have very to make generous assumption. to call it zany. Zany. I, I agree with you. I wouldn't like use that word. I guess, but you did, I think though. that you that actually was use that word. The specific word. We have zany. to go with intent because nothing actually was executed. Well, that's we have that's to go why... with intent. That's why baby we baby crawling scene. There was a, a a cartoon in it for no reason. We ended up with the blank blank Mad Lib because there is no intent, right? Yeah. So every yeah. time we try to place intent on this intentless Two movie, white rappers <laughs> drop the M bomb just right. Oh my god! They just like come on. And they're like, oh, by the way, we're just gonna ruin. If you did like what you were doing and what you were seeing, we're just gonna ruin it all. So oh. Debo's in this movie too. Debo's in this movie. Debo, Debo as, Dri- like- as drive by, drive by. Okay. Drive-by. So like, remember you can call, you can call Michael Carioli whatever you want. When like, I said the Zany, only two that you call him are Debo or drive by in this context. Is this the two? Drive by is a is a full example of the zaniness they were trying to pull off. That scene where he makes Moldesanti and the two white rappers the sklar brothers yes who are like if you're watching something and the sklar brothers are in it just go do something else <laughs> like get, listen go do something else like i really the, hope you're gonna bring up the milk and cookies the milk and cookies the milk and cookies he, like forces everyone in the room to eat milk and cookies through threat of violence yes. and he also later was- in this in this fucking movie hands Everyone, a contract to sign, and all that's on the contract are the giant words, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with me. me. 
I the, I particularly love the milk and cookies dope. part. He's like, is there something wrong with my milk and cookies? You better dip them shits. Like it's so like them. it's one of the high points of the, the the movie just because it's so absurd. It's like that zany. Like <laughs> that, there, okay, there's I'll shit that. like that where like you think you know that they were going for a zany madcap comedy, and it's just capped. There's, but they weren't. It's they, not the bad thing is, at all. They, they're not. They're, there's no consistency to it. Is the problem? No. And that there are moments like the babies with teeth talking, like the milk and cookies bit. Some of the farts. The the Lamaze. Class oh, I mean the Lamaze classes are bizarre in and of themselves. Like choose your favorite position. Thank you, Amy Sedaris, for actually playing like the straight man in that act. Amy this Sedaris movie is so stacked tell jokes. to be she this awful. Tell jokes in that. She's just like, is playing off of the stuff that's She's happening. a great character, too. She's someone you could tap for zaniness. You could do amazing right. things. They don't even bother with that with her. So you you have these scenes where it's like, oh, this is a gross-out comedy, right? This is meant to be like a zany, gross-out thing. Yeah. No, and then it's like huge passages um, that, that transpire of seriousness, and then you're shoehorning in... Uh, with intent, this is where intent comes in, shoehorning in the, oh, actually, I'm a lesbian, part of the storyline. Oh, and that's like, honestly, it's one of the few things that what happens in this movie. What a wild letdown that was. No, no, no. It's one of the few things that happens in this movie that keeps it from being complete trash. Yeah. It's the way in which, and this is, of course, to the director's credit, the way in which Cheryl Dunier introduces ideas into this film and normalizes them in another film. The lesbianism would have been over-sexualized in the part of the men way more than it was in the one moment where he's watching them kiss. It would have been deeper with the homophobia for jokes. I'll agree with that. Instead, I'll give it now, credit there. Here, look, this is a fact. That, I like, will say like, that later the dude did make like a whole speech about how he would have had, he would have just been pimping them. Yeah, but but it's just to the, like, to the credit to the credit of this, like the introduction to them being together was just like we're together. Yeah. Fucking deal with it. That's I what happens like when that. you have when you have Cheryl Dunya, a an out black lesbian director, yeah, who had been credited, you know, a few years prior to that, actually more than a few years prior to that, um, as having been the first out black lesbian to ever helm a feature film. That's how she's she's credited and heralded as for the watermelon movie. Right. Um, that's how she's credited. But and this obviously she did write this thing and she wrote about this in interviews. She talked about this being a very bad experience and how it um, wasn't her movie and it was kind of taken from her. I have also written in my notes that I had a bad experience. So she and I <laughs> sees I we see eye to eye on that. But in some of those interviews, like she did a great interview with uh, Mario Van Peebles, like the same year that this movie mm. comes out. And they talk about he was how impressed he was with representation on screen. Oh, it was and excellent. It's like it's and you think about that context, it's like okay, so the, the, there's lesbianism represented. There is interracial relationships that are completely normalized in terms of a generation. Like yeah, there's history mm-hmm. and whatnot, but like the issue that Bai Ling's family has with Anthony Anderson is not about him being black. It's right. About very justifiable things of why he sucks. As a he person. just sucks. Okay. So like straight up so and but, down, his character sucks. And everything and anything is just an awful human. I just want to like quickly know, it's really easy to take for granted that this film came out in 2004 uh-huh. and like what it's like seems normalized t- almost 20 years later. I wasn't even thinking about because I was like, oh yeah, this is all just like, fine but like in the context of like when this came out I'm like oh yeah this is really progressive when yeah. it's like interesting to even give it that much credit i like i'm like there's it makes me feel like a little like i hate to use this word but it does feel sick to like give it that deep read but it is there so welcome welcome no, it's to totally podcast now we fucking do this is it you we should give it the deep read man we did an episode about the movie hot for trot Oh, God. A complete garbage film about a talking horse. It was the best. And that episode we did with, we had we had Lando Chill come on. Yeah. And Lando basically broke down, like, like the critical race theory component of, of this. Film. Yeah. Of that film. And it was just like, yeah, we, we got lost in this also now, man. We, we were just like so long about it. It was, it was amazing. Great. So, like, yeah, the fact that we can recognize that this film that is deeply flawed, horrendously edited, 
barely written. The has, couples are given has, credence to be happy, even though yeah, they are not. To be happy and to not. And they are like of two different races, <laughs> two out of the three of them are like. I mean, if there is an underlying theme in this film, it is that everyone is trying their best for the best outcome. So, like, everyone's working towards a goal where everyone's happy. So even when they walk away from the relationships, they're like, they just want things to be okay. There's some optimism in here. the, the, The fact that it's bad is mostly frustrating because there's excellent components involved. There are people that we know we have seen do incredible work and they're like, you know, ripping, <laughs> ripping giant farts and bending yeah. over to, to have sex in a public. It, it's but look, man, like also like it, babies with teeth. It's a fucking weird time in there, man. Yeah. We, there's stuff we haven't touched on at all. The, yeah. the bizarre <laughs> club scene oh, where the, where scene, the rappers man. perform and the rap yeah. song that is performed by these white rappers and that people like the song they were like jumping up on things and and like hardcore dancing to this shit has this ever happened to you at a show miles that you like you're you're up there and you're like you're just like trying to win over a crowd and suddenly they just like jump up on shit four bars in they're now like jumping up and just like now you're their favorite person that happens at every show every show okay as well it should so it's realistic representation okay yeah let's make sure to clarify yeah okay where does john amos live in the film yeah like where upstairs does... i guess like I don't where know. <laughs> where in the house they live does, upstairs. Does uncle... yeah where in the house does uncle Vinny live i don't know do they show like where anyone lives in the film like no we know the they're in bedrooms? the house but yeah but like doesn't like uh Anthony Anderson's character wake up on a couch in one scene, just like mm. brushes everything off the table. Like yeah. we see uh, Christopher in like a bedroom, but like it's not like they don't really say it's his bedroom. So like my, I don't know where anyone is placed in that house at any point during the film. I don't even know if they show that whole layout of the house because like all the jumps and the cuts in the film, it's like hard to make sense of anything that's going on at any point. My theory is is that they all just like take whatever bedroom they want that night. None of the re- all the rooms are like nondescript. There's no personality whatsoever to the house. It's nobody's house. You is can that sleep what you and your roommate you do, uh, Jeff? You guys just kind of just pick whatever bedroom well, we do, for the kids. What we do off podcast, what I do off podcast is none of your concern. First yeah, and foremost. That's true. That was def- very was very progressive of me. I apologize for delving into your personal inappropriate. Life. I wanted to mention that I like I like got that. some <laughs> Grandma's Boy vibes from this film as well. Oh, I wish! Oh, I wish! Oh, did you now? That doesn't make me want to watch that movie at all. Go on, go on. No, I'm actually I'm curious of what you saw the parallels because Grandma's Boy is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've like I I'm so, now I regret bringing that up. No, it no, just, no. Like, <laughs> you can't get you away from un- it. You've uncovered a scab. This one has been something that's mentioned a lot. No, I mean, like, I, I literally Lawrence. just like the it, the name of the film came up just from like being in the house and like the drunkenness and lackadaisical nature of like what's going on in your life. So it's just like a, like a no care in the world, no direction, <laughs> and then somehow that's the that's the driving force of the film. Like that you just you're not yeah. doing anything with your life, so. It is the driving force of this film is that nobody's doing anything with their lives at all. Is that bad? I mean, it is nice to see that representation as somebody who's not really trying to do anything with my life. I like the representation. I appreciate it. You saw yourself in this movie? No, <laughs> no, I won't go that far, Gary. <laughs> okay. Say so you're like, I saw myself. I see me. I saw a sliver of me there. Yeah. Uh, I think like more in the sense of like, we shouldn't be working so hard because like all we do in our li- lives is work all the time. So there's something like, if you, if you will, it's, there's something nice about the fact that these people are somehow existing with no sense of direction or purpose, but they, I don't think they should be having children. Like, that's just fucking crazy. The one thing that we know definitively about this film is that those three men should not have been given custody of their children at any given time during this film. USA. 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 
Oh man. Hollywood post 2001, man. We've spent a lot of time in Hollywood post 2001, post September 11th. And it's just never forget. We, there was so much regression in the making of films that they just like could not offend their audience. And they actually ended up making some of the most offensive art ever made. (laughs) Just total trash. There was at least several times during watching this, I was like, how did this get greenlit? Like, how did no one stop this from happening? At at no point point did someone see it and go, yeah, stop. It got greenlit because of Eddie Griffin, who had an an existing relationship with Miramax through his stand-up specials, stuff that actually was successful. His roles, his kind of smaller roles in these films. He basically, he had some sort of arrangement with with Miramax. My uh, dad loved Eddie Griffin. And I'm glad that he didn't see this and that he can't see it. And it was guaranteed he'd never see this movie. I'm so happy because it would have ruined Eddie Griffin for him. He adored Eddie Griffin. This film feels like uh, a lot of favors were called in because I just don't understand how this cast came together. And then again, repeatedly, no one stepped in to be like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. There's so so many like things had to go wrong thousands of times for this film to get made. Imperioli, I want to ask one thing before we, I know we're going to vote and we're yeah. going to let you live and not have to talk about this fucking film anymore. Imperioli's situation. If you really, if you're like mad at this dude that you like hooked up with at work and he's not paying attention to your child, just don't remind him he has a child. Problem solved. Why does she keep coming back and being like, hey man, like we need you in there? You don't. You don't. You don't need him. There's no point. He's not, I don't understand it. It's a weird relationship to like focus in on you'll understand when you're a single mom jeff lord knows that can't come soon enough all right let's vote <laughs> jeff is this a good bad movie i gotta go first yes no <laughs> it's not a good bad movie. we know it's a bad this movie is, it's not one of the worst it ranks up there with one of the most frustrating watches i've ever had mm. for this podcast okay the second time getting through this thing every scene i was like fuck this fucking scene and it wasn't like, oh, man, this fucking scene. That's when I know I'm having a good time. And I'm like, oh, I forgot that this, you know, the only scene that I looked forward to this time around, the second time around, was the milk and cookies scene. And when the babies happened, I just, I, I can't believe it. It's so poorly put together that I forgot that babies just started talking and had full adult mouths in the middle of this like love scene. It's a terrible film. Do not watch this film. It's a bad, bad movie. Gary. Oh, I go next. Fantastic. Oh no. Um, I, I, you're, you're the host. You do your thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm glad we recognize ask whoever rules. you like. You can ask me again. I'll give you, I'll give you the same answer. Okay. If you give the same answer, that's not really how <laughs> same answer. Works. I still hate it. Podcasting doesn't really work that way. <laughs> In my opinion, this is not a good bad movie. It is my pick. I, I picked this one and yeah, I will take did. ownership for it again. I'm happy to. I this is my choice. It's again, a stinker. I uh it's you know, you sort of hope you're gonna get something out of this that maybe was underrated, that there's a particular scene that's really funny. You know, a lot of the ways in which, you know, I get content these days is through Instagram showing me old movies I've watched before from the 2000s, 2010s, comedies, just feeding me little bits from these films over and over again. And they think maybe this is one of those films where there's like a scene or two that's like really funny Uh on its own, standalone. With Eddie Griffin writing this thing, I came into it with reasonable expectations that maybe this is a film that didn't do well, that that didn't do well for reasons in spite of the film. It's like you've got an acclaimed director yeah, if I had dude. known at the time this came out, all of that, I didn't, I didn't ever see this, and I had forgotten it existed. But if I, everything had been told to me, I would have been like, "I'll go." I was like, "Okay, maybe they presented this wrong. Maybe it's actually really funny." You know, like if we watch a movie like Soul Plane, like that's a good bad movie mm-hmm. to me. Like that's a movie where it's like I can pull out like the John Witherspoon scenes in that and be like, every single one of those makes me laugh. Every single yep. one of those is funny. And like, okay, I can say this is a good bad movie in this. 
But with this film, there's there's none of that there. It has all this potential promise that is completely unfulfilled. <laughs> completely unfulfilled by. But we're setting uh, I, I, we're setting this up. Yeah. And now Miles is gonna be like, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your uh, what's your take? What's your take? Is this a good bad movie? There are zero redeeming qualities yeah. about this movie. It's a stinker. I can't believe I put the energy into watching this twice. And I didn't really give it a full second watch, but mm. I knew I needed to watch it again because in order to talk about it, I had to recall some of what happened because sure. the first watch is just, it's like a journey. It felt like being on psychedelics because mm. I never knew what was going on at any point or why things were happening. And we had a, a lot we had of it, a I was just like, experience with cat in a hat. Yeah, I was like, why? Why did I do this? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I was like, not yeah. in like a bad way. I, I did have the option to pick another movie, but it was like there were question marks. I don't know if I'm, I was supposed to say that. So I was no, like, yeah. I could even. I, I gave you. Like, I did give you a choice of dates. I said like you could choose I, this date and this is the movie, or you can choose a later date for the mystery movie. I felt like it was it was gonna be a shit show either way, but. I went with like, well, at least I could see the name of this movie. How bad could it be? Um, that was wrong. I got was... to see Method Man. That was cool. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the best part of the movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't. Yeah, no, this is not. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It's really bad. Yes, Jeff. Gary, why? Why are we doing this to people, man? These, we like rappers. We sure, do. We do. Yeah. We like rap music and we like rappers. Something we talk about all the time. Why are we putting them through this hell? And what are we trying to prove? I don't see it as hell, though. I think that we're giving them a unique experience, different than the usual interview-style podcast. We're giving them something a little I different, too. I think we can too. do that outside the parameters of making them watch total garbage. Pointless, narrativeless, aimless, wandering-ass movies. We made people watch a lot of bad movies over the last year or so, is all I'm saying. But we also got some great conversations out of those like there's Some plenty of, them, of opportunities to maybe explore a new avenue of just like maybe it's going to be bad maybe it's not but it doesn't have to be bad is all i'm saying like we used to do this thing where we would like have a theme a loose theme and we'd watch some wild films some good some bad some confusing some with a lot of pot smoke in them yeah, you know well, I mean, I'm... Stoner Season, you're talking about Stoner Season. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Because we watched some films about. that were objectively good and funny. Right. And and other ones that were, you know. Like we had water. breaks from, like, it. look, if we go the direction I think we're going to go with this, and I make my pick, it, it's not, we're going to, we're not, it's not going to be very funny. I don't think it's going to be fun to do this again. Well, I mean, I, I can't. Do, I, I don't I, know if I want to do this. Anymore. I mean, look, we we just started. I know this is this is episode one. Like, we've just kind of right. got back into it. I totally right. get some 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 jitters. You know, yeah. some first day jitters. I, I get that. But like, you know, I think we had a good conversation. I think Miles was a terrific guest, and I think we had a, a great conversation with him. I don't and... mean to. I don't mean to disparage the pod, man. You know, mm. I'm back, baby. Yeah. We're doing the pod. I'm back yeah, in the we're here, right? Yeah, we're doing the damn thing. But like, what if we called an audible? And hear me out. Okay. During our episode, you said to to Miles and I, I would watch all of Method Man's movies. How many movies does Method Man have? Can we do a whole season on Method Man? Does he have enough huge starring roles to carry this? I mean, he didn't start. It's in this an movie. interesting idea. Is all I'm saying. He didn't star in this movie, and I think 
he's been in a number of films right. and I've seen some, but I, I feel like there's more films where he has a pretty uh, peripheral role. Maybe so maybe supporting, maybe a cameo. Um, maybe we I mean, do. I mean, I mean, that happens in a lot of rapper movies. Like you know, just like, movies. I mean, I wouldn't say this is a rapper movie, what we would just watch, you know, but no. like in movies where rappers show but what up, if, but what show if we up found, in the context. What if we found a bunch of rapper movies? I mean, there are plenty of rapper movies. There's like tons. Movies where rappers are like, there's in like ones between like where ensemble. they made them themselves. There's mm-hmm. ones where they're the writer director. There's ones where yeah, they're like hell yeah, yeah. And some are and some are big really stars, good. small stars. Some are really good, and some are some of them not cast good. all their friends. Some of them are like professionally cast. It like this could be cool. I would watch a bunch of rapper movies. You and I went to go see Belly not long ago. We did. And, and that I was great. It. I loved that movie. Should we just watch some I, rapper movies? Let's just watch a bunch of movies with rappers in them, man. Where are my Queen Latifah movies at? Where are my Eve movies at? Let's get we it. Got, we got to get a Master P film in there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I think let's we could do, do this. Yeah. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to. I don't really want to fight no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bad movie battle over. It's done. Bad movie battle over. It's time for letting go. I don't care who's wrong or right. Let's watch the rapper movies. I don't care who's movies. wrong or right. I don't. I don't really want to fight no more. Because it's watch time some rapper movies. for letting go. All right. Well, we'll keep this episode because we had uh, fun. Totally. But uh, yeah, uh, we're going to watch some rapper movies. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. 